Hey friend, I've created a new training and companion workbook for you that will help you ditch those limiting beliefs that keep you stuck and create the confidence you crave. It's 22 minutes of pure gold that moves you to the next level of success in your career or business. Just go to my website, barbarachurchill.com, and click the Start Here tab in the upper right-hand corner. Enter your name and email, and you'll have instant access to this life-changing information. It's that simple. Go get it. You are listening to Episode 4 of the Create What You Crave podcast, the one where you learn which thoughts derail you from your purpose. Welcome to the Create What You Crave podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to be your best self as a leader at work and in life. If you want to bring more authenticity, more boldness, more clarity, and more fun to your world, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Barbara Churchill. Here we go. Hey, friends. How are you today? I am so fabulous. If I were any better... I don't think I'd be able to stand it. (laughs) I'm just back from taking a long weekend up north with my family. And this was the first vacation we've taken that included boyfriend and girlfriends. What a blast we had. It was so much fun. It was fun. We just hung out, had fires. You know, remember I live in Minnesota, so it is still cold. And we just made meals, played games. You know, it snowed all day one day. So we just snuggled in and watched movies all day. It was so good. I hope you're taking some time to enjoy some family time, whatever that looks like for you. Family can be made up of anything, right? So last week's episode, we focused on the myths and messages of imposter phenomenon. And if you missed it, I invite you to go back and listen to episode three to learn some of the history of imposter phenomenon and why I don't like the word syndrome. This week, I want to talk about those messages and that critical voice in your head. We all have a human brain, and that brain is programmed to notice danger. We touched on this a little bit last week. So back in primitive times, we needed to be on high alert to ensure our safety while foraging for food. We didn't want to be eaten. That's our primitive brain at work, watching to make sure nothing harms us, okay? Well, you don't live in that time now, thank goodness, right? Thank God we have fire and you know we can cook things. But that part of your brain hasn't changed all that much. And that's the part you typically use on a daily basis. That critical narrative in your head tells you to beware of, quote unquote, leaving the cave, right? Its purpose is to keep you safe. Well, that sounds great, but here's the deal. You have to leave the cave to achieve your goals, right? You have to leave the cave to live a great life. Enter the judge. Now, I call that critical voice in my head, Judgy McJudgerson, but judge will do just fine. So when that voice is all you're listening to, no wonder you get stuck, right? It says you can't, you shouldn't, you won't, you're not, whatever. Judgy finds fault in everything. You, your colleagues, your friends, your family, your spouse or your partner, your circumstances. I mean, everything, right? Judgy's there to just say everything bad about it. It creates the most destructive messages that keep you from becoming who you want to be. But here's where it really is the kicker. It, you believe them, you believe all those messages. And because judgy isn't 
working alone, she has companions that she brings off the bench to ensure that you don't grow. Okay. After working with so many women, so many successful women in the corporate space and in the entrepreneurial world, I work with them on that critical self-talk. And I decided to create a concept that helps them distance themselves from that negativity. And we're going to talk about that today. I call them derailers and they are powerful, my friends. And there's four of them. Okay. You ready? Perfectionist, pleaser, prover, and procrastinator. So let's look at these under a microscope one by one. Let's start with perfectionist, everybody's favorite, the perfectionist. Now, full disclosure, I'm a recovering perfectionist myself, so I know how frustrating it can be to deal with this. Here's what I want to tell you, my friends. Perfection doesn't exist in human beings. It just doesn't. It does in engineering. That's really good. You know, when you put together an airplane, you don't want any extra parts, right? We want the math to be perfect, but it doesn't exist in humans. Yet, if this is one of your derailers, you expect yourself and everybody around you to be perfect. Talk about a setup for disappointment, right? You live in a state of constant stress because it's not being done right. But the biggest lie perfection tells you is that you'll feel good about yourself because of your high standards. Have you heard your brain telling you that? Well, I have really high standards and it's important to me to do my best. That is so different than a perfectionist mindset where nothing is right and you never hit the mark because perfection isn't about doing a great job or raising the bar. It's all about criticism and falling short of doing something that's impossible, right? I had a client named Lori and her biggest derailer was perfectionism. And she leads a team of creatives. And she learned at a very early age that if you're, you know what, do it right or don't do it at all. Have you heard that before? I know I did when I was a kid. And through our coaching, she learned that perfection doesn't exist and striving for it actually squashes this creative juices of herself and her team. So by adopting more of a done is good enough on many of her projects. She became a leader her team could connect with more easily while becoming more productive overall, which is amazing, right? And that satisfied her need for results and getting people to do the work, okay? So perfectionist, such a killer. It's a buzz killer for sure. Then we have pleaser. Now the pleaser compels you to try to gain acceptance and approval by helping, by pleasing, by rescuing, or flattering other people constantly. Now, that doesn't sound all that bad, right? Because helping is a good thing, but it causes you to lose sight of your own needs. You feel like other people are just taking advantage of you now, and you get resentful because of that, right? You keep doing more and more and more for people, and when they don't acknowledge it, where they don't tell you thank you, or it just becomes expected, that's when you start to feel resentful. And it also encourages everybody else to become overly dependent on you. So its lie that it says is that you are pleasing other people because it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to make everybody else happy. Denying that you're really trying to win approval and accept and acceptance indirectly right? I mean, that's the truth of it. 
If we really look at this and we're really honest with ourselves, that's the truth of it. We want approval. We want to be accepted. Now, I had a client who was, her top derailer was pleaser, and she's a top sales performer. And her entire career, she found it very difficult to assert her own ideas and what she wanted when it came to performance reviews or making changes at work or instituting a new sales program, all of that. And the thought that held her back was to be a good person, I should put the needs of others ahead of my own. That's what being of service is all about. I mean, think about that. Everybody else is more important than me right? How many women think this is the best way to be successful? This couldn't be further from the truth, my friends, but that's the lie we've been fed for decade, for decades. If you want to be a good life partner, you need to put your needs last. If you want to be a good mom, you need to put your kids first. If you want to be a good co-worker or a good leader, you know, you need to make sure that they're happy and engaged in all of this. And that's such a lie because then what happens besides being exhausted all the time, Your brain says this, I am so pissed that they don't even notice what I'm doing. They don't even care of everything that I've done for them. How selfish is that? And then you start to get resentful. So on one hand, you're giving, giving, giving. And on the other hand, you're pissed that no one appreciates it. Does that sound familiar? I mean, I have experienced this, you know, in my personal life, right? So through our coaching, she learned that putting her needs and wants up front is exactly what she needed to do in order to get where she wanted to go. So just like on an airplane, she put her oxygen mask on first. She learned how to represent herself in every interview and performance review with clarity and confidence. She also learned that allowing others to learn on their own rather than having her do it all for them was way more effective in building deeper relationships and an effective team. I just, when my clients have these breakthroughs, I can't even tell you how great it feels. It's so fabulous. I love my work. So now here we go to prover. Prover is the striver driver, right? The prover makes you dependent on constant performance and achievement. So you feel good about yourself. It keeps you focused mainly on external successes rather than on internal reasons for happiness, right? So you're looking outside. How did I do? It's that good student mentality, right? Did I get an A plus? Did I do hard enough? Did you know, did you like it? Did you know how hard do I have to work to get this? Instead of looking inside and saying, hey, I did a great job. And when you're in that hamster wheel of go, 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 it leads to unsustainable workaholic tendencies. And you fall out of touch with your total, you know, with your deeper emotional and relationship needs because you're just in that execute mode. Taking action feels good, right? You know, we can check things off our checklist and we're moving forward, but at what cost? And the lie the prover says is that your self-acceptance should be conditional on your performance and what other people think of you, that external validation. And that, my friends, is the biggest trap ever. Because the prover creates thoughts like, I must be the best at what I do. I must be efficient and effective. Results will prove my value. And that's totally not the case. Emotions can get in the way of your performance. And so you're really left brain. 
in this, focusing on thinking and taking action. And the prover just needs to feel successful. That's what it's all about. And peace and happiness, that is like quick. You know, when you have that success, you think about it for a nanosecond. Hey, that was really great. What's next? You don't even spend any time in the things that have that you've done, that you've succeeded in, that you've achieved, right? Because you're so focused on, I have to prove my value. I have to get do even more. I have to get bigger, better, more, right? And your worthiness is continuously dependent on that next success. I had a client and that was her top derailer. And it was really taking a toll on her career path and her personal life because she was always working. You know, she'd get up super early, get a jump out of the day, and then she'd work really late into the evening to catch up. And she didn't have any time for her partner. She based her value on how much she got done. And if she hit the impossible deadlines that were her constant companion, her self-confidence totally took a nosedive. But through our work together, we went through a couple of rounds together. She learned how to set boundaries, how to become more productive while working less hours. Yes, my friends, that is possible. And she believed in herself again. And that is the best news. And now she's got regular work hours and moved to a new town, enjoying life. There's no hustle. There's no grind. It's possible for sure. Now, the last one, (laughs) the last derailer, is procrastinator. And I'm going to confess here that this, my friends, is something that I have dealt with my entire life. The procrastinator. It sounds like a sounds like the terminator, right? The procrastinator. Procrastinator takes avoidance of difficult and unpleasant projects and conflicts to a whole new level. And let me tell you, I have an Olympic gold medal in this over my lifetime. <laughs> procrastinator avoids conflict and says yes to things she really doesn't want to do. The result of that is she loses herself in comforting routines and habits and procrastinates even more. How many of us have done that? Oh my gosh, I don't want to write this particular thing. So I'm going to go and throw a load of laundry in. You know, working from home is great until it's not, until we use it as an excuse to not do the work, right? So procrastinator feels all this anxiety about what's been avoided or procrastinated and feels completely overwhelmed at the thought of beginning this new task. And the thoughts, oh, the thoughts, they really can be destructive. This is too much. Maybe if I let it go, it'll take care of itself. There's that, there's that, you know, like a toddler brain. If I can't see you, you can't see me. You know, the denial piece is huge. And then when the deadlines are looming, the denial, oh my gosh, it's so much. Now all of a sudden it's a reality and now all the stress comes in. It's like this hamster wheel that just keeps going around and around until something gives way. And all this avoidance of discomfort just brings on more discomfort, right? Procrastination for sure is the killer of possibility. It's the killer of any innovation, any good vibes at all. Now, I've been this person for the majority of my adult life, and this is one derailer that I still wrestle with when I am not in a healthy frame of mind, when I haven't prepped myself for doing the thing that I think is going to cause me discomfort. And what I've learned to do when Little Miss Procrastinator comes out is to break down the task I'm trying to avoid in bite-sized pieces 
So bit by bit, I do each task and I feel proud of myself with every completion. I actually give myself, you know, treats. And of course, chocolate is a frequent reward for me. (laughs) But I take that time to acknowledge, okay, this piece is done. Good job. I'm proud of you. Well done. You did it even though you didn't want to. You know, I set myself up for success in every single step. And I ask myself, who will be helped when I complete this? And when I'm in that service mindset, it works every single time. One person, I envision one person who will be helped when I complete this. All right, let's go do this for her. Get out of myself and go do this for this next person. So that's what works every single time for me. All right. So there we have it. We have covered Judgy McJudgerson, the judge of all judges, right? The overseer of the court of criticism in your brain. And then she has her four derailers, perfectionist, pleaser, prover, and procrastinator. And I'm wondering, after listening to this, what is your top derailer? Which one really gets you? I would love to hear from you. So if we haven't connected yet on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, I would love to connect with you there. Send me a direct message, okay? Let me know what's happening in your brain. Which one of these derailers is your top one? Is just that bugger you just can't seem to manage. You don't have to allow the judge and her cohorts to rule your brain. You get to choose what to believe about yourself and your work. You, my friend, have the power to create what you crave. So until next week, I want you to remember, I believe in you. Thanks so much for listening to the Create What You Crave podcast. I'm on a mission to help as many women as I can get out from under the weight of self-doubt and own who they are unapologetically. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, feel free to review it too, because I really want to hear from you. I invite you to learn more by visiting me at barbarachurchill.com. And if you know you're ready to take that next step, you can schedule a time for us to connect. I'll see you next week.